You are listening to the Dark Corner Podcast with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy Sexyboys. Yes, and you are listening to the Dark Quarter Podcast, as the intro even said so beforehand. <laughs> Just as a reminder, I guess. Yeah, hello, this hello. is us. Hello, this is us. This is us. This is going to be, what, your second podcast of the day? Yeah, well, first podcast, second show. Right. And then I've got a live show in two hours and 40 minutes. Right. So we're trying to squeeze this in. Oh, we can squeeze it in. Yeah, we got plenty of time. time. In fact, because of just the way things are right now, we don't have any news. No. We don't really have any reviews because we haven't really been watching anything. We're kind of caught up on this stuff. And the stuff that we do watch regularly, there's shows about it to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, well, there are things going on that... We could talk about, but they're in progress, like season two of The Mandalorian. Right. And stuff like that. Yep. So we'll just wait till it's finished. And then talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we don't have much in the front part of this particular episode. Yeah. So we're just going to banter at you for like a half an hour. Yeah. I was recording on, what is it, the 14th? of november mm-hmm. 2020 they're having the so-called million mega march <laughs> i guess everybody that was heading out for the march were posting pictures of the pancakes they were having and so all the resistors were starting to post their pictures of pancakes and one had the map of the U- U.S. with the, you know, the election map and pancakes over all the states that flipped. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, well, obviously the pictures that are being shown are far, far less than a million people. Yeah, Maybe a million like people here. Yeah, there might be a thousand at the stretch of it. That's that's saying a lot. Yeah. Because there are people who are jumping in with, hey, this is what a million people looks like. And it's just massive. It was funny. Uh, one of the marches, uh, Trump drove by in his uh, his little procession. And uh, he was on his way to golf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Talk about uh, yeah. criticizing others for golfing. And yet he has golfed more than any yeah, president. Wasn't that one of his first promises was mm-hmm. that he'd be too busy to golf? Mm-hmm. Even a single day. Like we thought he yeah. would keep that promise. Nope. No, I expected him to break yeah. every promise that he made, except for the horrible things. Yep. 
than I absolutely expected him to do the horrible things. Mm -hmm. And pretty much every word that comes out of his mouth is leading up to a lie. (laughs) So clearly we're post-election. Yep. At this moment. Mm -hmm. And just waiting for the transition to take place. Yep, which will be in two months and six days. Yeah, well, the transition should be happening now, but the person in charge of, like, budgeting it and just getting it to happen has been dragging her feet. And who is surprised by that? Yep. Absolutely Which no technically is a, believe, a Hatch Act violation. Mm, isn't so, that interesting? Yeah. There you have that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oof. <laughs> Fufe? Fifi. Uh, you bought a new game. We haven't played it yet. I did. It's Spider Man Miles Morales. Yeah. Because you know my deep and abiding love of Miles Morales. Is that your and video Spider-Man. game for tomorrow? Oh. It is my game for tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Because yeah, Sunday's your gaming day. It is my gaming day. I do. Okay. This is something to bring up. Okay. Here I, we go. All right. We're into it. That I should have thought of this before. Okay. So I've joined Starfleet. You've joined Starfleet. Joined I didn't know Starfleet. we were living in the future. Um, no, it's, it comes as a it's a fan thing. Ah. It's a fan thing like joining the 501st right. or joining the Rebel Legion. That's excellent. Yeah, so I've joined the 501st and I have been... Uh, I was actually recruited by the captain of the ship. Holy crap. Who sent me a message that said... Hey, you've come up as somebody that I might know. I actually don't know you, but uh-huh. you might be interested in this. And he went on to tell me right. about the USS Nomad. Oh, nice name. Which is the ship. What's great is you're a Captain America fan, too, and that's one of his variations. Exactly. It, so it has dual just, meaning yeah, for me. Very fitting. They're looking for new recruits, and they're constantly looking for new recruits. So honestly, if anybody wants to join... Get in touch with me, and I will put you in touch with the captain. That's pretty cool. There's an actual website that you go to to register, and you have to do a little membership. It's like five bucks a year. Oh, that's nothing. Exactly. You get access to this massive database. And I mean massive, like sensory overload in a couple of minutes sort of massive. (laughs) That kind of massive. There's also officer training programs, which right now I am petty officer second class. Oh, nice. But I am going to take the officer training exam so that I can become an ensign because I want to go the Starfleet route. Very cool. I could go the non-commissioned officer route, which is like the Makos and and various and sundry (laughs) things there. Yeah, Chief O'Brien route. But I, I want to be... The I want to be an officer. Yeah, so nice. Want to work my way up the ranks. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's an NX registry number, but we're having our official commissioning ceremony wow. on Monday the twenty third, which will make us the NCC. Wow. Yes. So it's all very exciting, and it's a fun group of people and a lot of interesting things. In fact, this coming Monday, there's going to be a trivia night all about TOS, mm. which I'm going to attend and do very poorly at. Yeah, the original series is well, probably the, not your... The original yeah. series I grew up with, yeah. but I'm terrible at trivia. Oh, I see. I can talk to you about many an episode of the original right. series, but when you start to get into minutiae... Oh, the details, the minutiae. You, know. you know, I have a lot in my brain. <laughs> if you were talking about themes and leitmotifs and stuff like that, you'd uh-huh. be nailing it. Yeah. Or yeah. references to other series. Yeah. But uh, it'll be fun. We'll see how it goes. 
So, uh, yeah, that's fun stuff going on. And I do need to really get the manual to take that exam, which is another thing that I'm going to do tomorrow. In addition to it being my dame, my dame gay, my dame gay, dame gay. There we go. That is the perfect name for a transvestite. Yeah, transvestite name, dame gay. Dame gay. I'm dame gay. You're just looking at me like you are not happy with that at all. No, I was just wondering <laughs> if I should be editing that out or not, and now clearly not. Oh, okay. Well, as long as you're because you made it. a bit out of it, so I, I, it's, that's it's what good I was in there. doing. Yeah, <laughs> so it's solid. It's locked bit. in. It's grandfathered you, in. You just gave me this look. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, she made it a bit, so I'm leaving it in. You gave that was me my look. one of your looks, and I was also gonna do the uh, transvestite joke, mm-hmm. and you got there first. Yeah. So well, that was minds. also the look. Great minds. Yep. Yeah. So USS Nomad. Or drag um, queen. That's probably the better. Drag queen is the right yeah. thing. Uh, transvestite came first, but it was as far as my brain. Yep. This is very specifically a drag kind of thing where yes. you have the name. Transvestites just can keep yeah. their name and wear the uh, other gender's clothing. Not that yes. that matters. Mm. Uh, shag everyone wear all their clothes. Yeah. This reminds me of the Drew Carey show where his brother... Was you know, a transvestite. I was thinking about that today too. Mm-hmm. How very odd. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. All right then. Uh, have we bantered enough? Uh, yeah. It's going to be way early to get into the dark track, but here we are. Let's do With it. This, yeah, we don't really want to talk about Saturday Night Live or anything. No. Yes. And yeah. uh, the cat is always endlessly entertaining, but not enough to fill another section of the podcast. Yeah, it's just odd to have sketch comedy live back. When we're still in COVID, which is running rampant across the nation, except a couple of places where they seem to have it locked down, or at least trying. Yeah, we're not doing well here. No, we're not. It's getting worse and worse. It's like 4,000 cases a day. Mm -hmm. The hospitals are overloaded, Mm -hmm. overworked. And now people who need critical care, uh, who aren't COVID patients, are suffering as well. Yeah, Frontline workers... And everyone in hospitals, they're suffering along with the patients because they're overworked and Mm -hmm. exhausted and, you know, because people won't wear a fucking mask. Yeah, there's talk of a second lockdown where we actually do the things we're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. which is have everybody not go anywhere that they don't have to go, wear your mask, wash your hands, you know, self-isolate. So that the virus can run its course in the people that have it mm-hmm. and they can recover and it won't spread to anyone else. Yep. And of course, Pfizer is developing a vaccine, listening to Sawbones, and it sounds very promising. They're way ahead of the game in the stages, but I'm... it'll be a couple of months before they could actually have it for emergency use. I am suspicious. You're suspicious? I am suspicious. Hmm. Because I know the process of creating a vaccine for something that's never been seen before. Right. And it just does not happen this fast. We don't even understand what long-term effects we're truly looking at. Yeah. So I find it very difficult to believe that they have a working vaccine. Yeah, because they're they've done the first dose. Now they're I think they're just about to give the second dose if they haven't already, and then they're gonna watch for two months to see if there's any side effects. 
Well, they still have to get it through the FDA. I mean, the FDA has to approve it. Oh, yeah, all that stuff. But the thing I'm worried about is that in the rush to do this and get it approved, and then they start giving it to people, and it all goes horribly wrong. Yeah, that's why they're doing trials and stuff. So There are things that you can't find out in trials, though. Mm. There are things that are not going to show up in trials. Right. Because unless you're taking a sample of literally every type of human that could possibly have this virus. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, somebody might have some kind of bad reaction to it. You just don't know. Yeah. That's the thing I'm worried about. Right. But, (sighs) you know, it's either I have no vaccine or eventually have a vaccine. I want a vaccine. Yeah. But I want it to be safe as well. Well, yeah, they're, they're doing the steps. I mean, this is... The way it's done, so I know I just don't trust big pharmaceutical. If it came through the WHO or CDC yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that, but a lot of times this is what gets outsourced. It's the for-profit companies that create the thing, and then what are they going to charge us for it? That's another thing. Yeah, that's the thing that worries me. Well, yeah. Well, it's a German company, so. You know, it's not going to be like the U.S. that really inflates their pharmaceuticals. Yeah, but when you think about it, if idiot is still in charge mm. and, you know, this vaccine becomes available, do you honestly think it's going to be a fair price? Well, if it's not going to be available for two months, we don't have to worry about it really anyway. Well, it's just over two months before yeah. right. he goes before the trend. The transition should take place, mm-hmm. which is interesting timing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's just the way the cards lay. Is it? Is it real? I don't know. I don't want to become a conspiracy <laughs> theorist podcast. I'm just saying that it's just very convenient think, timing. I don't think people are sitting on their hands until Biden would be president to release a vaccine. No, it's, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking that Trump is a greedy, greedy person. Oh, and only after his own self-interests. Right. And that this in some way benefits him. Well, they've already tried to take credit for it. They've already said on multiple occasions that Pfizer is part of Project Warp Speed. Trying to get a <laughs> um, Fuck off vaccine. with your Project oh, Warp yeah. Speed. George Takei has already responded to that saying, mm-hmm. I know Warp. I'm a friend of Warp. Mm-hmm. And you're no Warp Speed. No, not even so, a little bit. Yeah, and Pfizer's already come out and said no. Uh, they haven't funded this at all. There's no partnership. All they've done is agreed to purchase the vaccine once it's produced. We put mm-hmm. in an order form, basically. We've we've pre-ordered for when it's available. That's all that's happened. There's and you know there's if, money going, but but it's somebody described it as it's like Kickstarter, mm-hmm. in that you promise a certain amount of money for when the thing is made, right? And that's when they bill you is when it's done and gets shipped to you. Right. I get that. Right. I'm just yeah. I'm just wondering uh once it's purchased, yeah. uh how much of an increase in or inflation of the price before it comes to us. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be in charge of that. Because we live in a capitalist yep. country and it is more than likely that mm-hmm. they're going to capitalize this vaccine. Uh, yeah, it depends on Pfizer and it depends on whatever the affiliates in the U.S. are, I guess. It depends on the U.S. government and how they do it, because if it's our taxes, we've already paid for it. Mm. If they're using our taxes to buy the pills, it's done and dusted. 
That's our money going to buy it already. And how often has that gone wrong? Oh, a lot. Yeah, there's, there's a possibility of that happening. It's yeah. it's hard to judge because with polio, uh, the person who will come up with the vaccine just gave it away for free. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, didn't have to do that, but did. At least that's my memory of it, listening to Sawbones. I believe that's what happened. I could be mistaken. But anyhow, that's where we are in the moment. Yeah. I mean, this is going to date terribly as a podcast because everybody will know how the vaccine went in a couple of months, if it even gets that far. Yeah. Maybe there was complications and it'll get delayed. Maybe they'll see see something in those two months and yeah. have to start again. But Pfizer's not the only one working on it. There's other people working on vaccines and they might come up with something too. So we'll just have to see. It's not that I don't want a vaccine. I do. But I just feel like the science of it takes longer than this oh yeah because they're saying it could be you know one and a half two years before you get a decent vaccine actually Um, most i think most health professionals say it's usually two to five years two to five years yeah because with polio it was Mm -hmm. i think five years before they had a workable vaccine yeah and also guess what they did when they found out how this was spreading, which it was spreading through like public swimming pools and stuff right. like that. They shut down all of the stuff mm-hmm. until there was a vaccine. No to eating in restaurants as much as you want to. No visiting Thanksgiving with your family because that's going to be a super spreader event. Yeah. and No marching with your friends maskless down streets to just, just wear protest an election. <laughs> just wear a mask. Wear a mask. I just am flummoxed by the amount of people that do not care about protecting other people including their own families oh the um, homecoming event that they had recently these parents organized for their high school age students to have this get together and it became a super spreader event Mm -hmm. and they had to take that school and revert it back to virtual learning which is what it should have been anyway. Yeah, it should be anyway. I don't know why they were opening schools. And churches is really killing me too, is that the people that go worship maskless and then complain, because you know, freedom of religion and all that, that's fine. But even in the Bible, it says, you know, beware of those people that pray publicly, mm-hmm. that all you need is your faith in God and you're good. You know, you can pray in private. It's the people out there being seen as they pray you know, there's something amoral or irreligious about that. They draw near unto me with their lips, but their mm-hmm. hearts are far from me. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's in Second Corinthians. There's a lot of interesting things in Second Corinthians. Indeed. The stuff about socialism. I have a lot of stuff. You have nothing. Here's a little bit of my stuff. It doesn't burden me to give it to you, and you're better off. Oh, there was somebody on Twitter, and I wish I could remember her name, mm-hmm. who did a video about socialism right and she was she was in the south uh-huh and she likened it to a potluck yeah everybody brings something mm-hmm. and not everybody will be able to bring the same amount of things or the same type of things but they all come together they all bring stuff and everybody gets to eat yep. regardless of what they brought yeah that's socialism mm-hmm boiled down to its simplest form yeah there's a lot of social programs that we have we practice socialism in certain things like our public roads Mm -hmm. that's socialism medicare medicaid social security all these things that republicans want to get rid of 
because they don't like social programs. But well, the yeah. you know Food and Drug Administration, you know, we pay our taxes to have this administration make sure that the food is safe to eat. Environmental Protection Agency, when it should, you know, how it should be working. Health and Human Services, all these things. You know, our taxes go into pay these people to improve our lives. The alternative, if you want to go full-on capitalism, is everything's privatized. Mm -hmm. You have to pay for every service. You have to pay for every road you use. Yep. Every road's a toll road yep. now. Which kind of gets into our main topic when we get to it, because it's very much about free market capitalism and <laughs> what happens when you just follow that and only that. Mm. Um, Interesting. Anything else to discuss? No, I think we're good. Talked about the virus, and that's kind of on our minds at the moment. Yep. Expecting a lockdown, but it hasn't happened here yet, so we'll see. Might, might not until the 20th. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous because... Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the people, you know, our government that's supposed to safeguard its citizenry has care. not done so and no, has done care. quite the opposite by having different governors bid on, you know, personal protection equipment. <laughs> which is you know our taxes go to that too mm. is to have this equipment available for in time of emergency to be shipped to the places where it's needed but instead you have a bidding war because that's just your understanding of the world is it's transactional it's not though that there has to be financial winners and losers in every relationship it's <laughs> not the way government works no and it shouldn't work that way your government should not be a capitalist society. Yeah, that's the problem when people think that you should get a, a businessman to run a country. It's like, well, a country is not a business. That's not the no. way it works. And obviously, he sucks yeah. at it, too. He sucks at business, mm -hmm. and he sucks at running a country. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Brandy is Two perturbed. Two six days. Yeah. So, Dark Track. So, Dark Track. Let's get into the Dark Track. Okay, the dark track comes from the artist Retrograph. This is Klaes Nordling from Stockholm, Sweden. I had a lovely little chat with him on the Dark Corner podcast Facebook kind of message area. Mm -hmm. We are talking about just music in the scene and where we live and was discussing you know what the scene is like in utah you know for, for you know all the clubs that we have or had even included saltaire where carnival of souls was filmed yeah the venue and the depot and all those fun clubs well, in salt lake that saltaire doesn't exist anymore no not the old saltaire but it's mm -hmm. isn't it still a venue or did that oh no well see they built a third saltaire oh yeah of course it's it's <laughs> in like a different the, place yeah i built it a castle in a swamp it fell over yeah, it sank into the swamp. Yep. I that built a down. third one. <laughs> and then sank into the swamp. But the fourth one stood up. Yep. And that's what you're going to get, lad. The strongest castle in these parts. That's basically what salt air is. Yeah. I had a lovely chat. This artist comes off a compilation that I recently found out about. And that is You Are Not Alone, Ooh. which has been compiled by Darkness Calling. It is a collection of 20 songs of 
dark alternative artists, all independent, so they're all artists I haven't heard of either. Because mm. most people I play as the dark track, they're signed on some label, either Alpha Matrix or Project or Half Music, and there's some others. There's Industrial uh, Artifact. You know, there's several record labels where I have kind of this DJ label relationship. Mm. But in this instance, they're all unsigned artists. They're all independent. And it's a really good album. Mm. You can get it on Bandcamp. You Are Not Alone. Darkness Calling will be listed as the artist. And it's, yeah, 20 tracks. You can get it for just a dollar, but I urge you to pay more because the proceeds go to the Trevor Project. Yes. Which their aim is to reduce the number of suicides by LGBTQ plus youth yes and so they work with the lgbtq plus community to elevate self-esteem make them aware that there's belonging and that things get better and just you know there's a place for you yeah so yeah if you pick up that album i did 20 bucks so a dollar a song it's a reasonable amount of money. If you could pay more, then certainly do so. Retrograth is on this album, and talking to Clace, he sent a, an alternate version of the song. This is the 24-bit version mm. of the song. Okay. This uh, Retrograth is a analog synth artist, kind of like how synthwave is really popular right now, but a lot of it's digital. Clace uses analog equipment, mm. analog electronic equipment, like the old school, like 80s style synthesizers and stuff right. to produce the sound so the song we have for you is crooked fingers by retrograph take it away place In the shadows of the forest, up at the Raven Hill, there are winds that whisper rumors, and the pines remember still. A boy with muddy notions put the girls into a ring. He called the night of darkness, so the whole man can sing Shall we throw them in the water Will they float or will they sink Minds of superstition No rhyme or reason left to think A row of crooked fingers A memory of a cell Wounds caused by a young Bones reveal the truth. 
your blood runs through my hands And the fingers of injustice Still cause verdicts based on spells Shall we throw them in the water? Will they float or will they sink? Minds of superstition No rhyme or reason left to think A row of crocodile fingers Still lingers in my blood Wounds caused by a young boy And the rumors he would tell Retrograph. Sorry. This is why graph spelling graph. is important. Graph and graph. Yes, graph. Uh, you are rocking to this. I was. I enjoyed it very yeah, much. Yeah, as in your little body was rocking back and forth while you were taking notes and that sort of thing. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, as it's got a march beat, especially towards the end. It's one of those songs that builds gradually yeah. over time. Reminds me of some of those uh, Depeche Mode songs where it tells a story. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it, Little 15 yeah. or I'm trying to think of some other ones. Shouldn't have done that. Reminds me a lot of that one. Mm. She could escape them just for a while. So kind of a dark synth pop that tells a story. Yes. Some really great lyrics too, like being wounded by rumors. Mm-hmm. It's a great line. A lot of great lines. Yeah. Cool vocal style. Yes. I loved the vocals. Yes. There, there is absolutely nothing about this song that I did not love. In other words, I loved every aspect of yeah, this song. Yeah, I wasn't sure how you'd uh, approach this one. No, I really yeah, loved you it. You really liked it, so that's excellent. And it's somewhat indicative of other tracks on this compilation, but there's a good variety on there. You know, it's not all synthwave stuff. There's... I believe some EBM, some post-punky kind of stuff. Sounds mm-hmm. like there's some kind of gothic-y kind of stuff on there too. Nice. So like a lot of dark alternative unsigned artists. And it's a solid album. I enjoyed listening to it. And yeah, this is a really good example of what you'll find on that uh, compilation. Wonderful. One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. Now, lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine. 
because everything's a disaster. But it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. All right, shall we get into this? Okay. Okay, I want to talk this <laughs> as Brandy makes a whole bunch of noises. I'm so sorry. I'm so thirsty. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. And I knocked over my... It's like cowbell. Thing. I am. Yeah. More cowbell. Mm-hmm. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. I'm having a drink, too. Now that sounds like a whole cattle field there. <laughs> It's like a ranch, cattle ranch. That's what you call them. Okay, stop that. <laughs> Oi, sorry. Reminds me of the time I spent in Mississippi visiting family. I did not know this. Yeah, they had a cattle ranch. I did not know this. Why did I never know this? Yeah, my, uh, my father's girlfriend, her family is from Mississippi and we visited the ranch. How old were you? Uh, tennis. Mm. Interesting. Somewhere around there. I Probably cannot picture you on a ranch. Even, oh yeah, I was bored to tears. <laughs> I am not. I'm not country folk. Mm-mm. No way. I'm suburb folk, is what I am. Yep. I have to be honest with myself. I'm not city folk either. I'm straight yep. up suburb. Same. I'm a suburb goth. Yep. All right. Uh, kind of in the mode of something like my favorite murder and their telling of odd stories this is probably the closest our show's ever gonna quite come to that and that's talking about the freetown experiment of grafton new hampshire okay uh i don't know how much i've already told brandy about this i think a little bit a smidge a smidge i've just talked about a bit little of it okay this comes from an article i read by patrick blanchfield based on the journalistic findings of Hungolt's Hetling, and all about this attempt at a libertarian paradise in Grafton, New Hampshire, that was largely spearheaded by John and Rosalie Babaraz, I want to say, B-A-B-I-A-R-Z. B-A-B-I-A-R-Z. Babaraz? Babaraz? Babaraz. Babaraz. Because the I becomes comes before the A, which throws you off. Babiars, 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 Babiars. I like Babiars. The Babiars is the Babiars. In two thousand four, so New Hampshire's already known as kind of a libertarian state. Really, they don't really do taxes that much. There's like a five percent flat thing they do, and that's how they fund everything. But really, they don't have state income tax and sales tax and all these other taxes because, you know, one of the libertarian things is they hate taxes. But they have to have a tax or else you don't have any way to run a town. Uh, Yeah, and here's... You're already ahead of the game, darling. You're already ahead of the game. So libertarianism is all about what you'd expect it to be, liberty. It's the absolute minimum of government Mm. and the absolute increase in civil liberties or individual rights Mm -hmm. that the individual should be free to do pretty much whatever without any kind of government interference okay and the principle of it with a lot of libertarians is that we as humans should be smart enough to be able to self-govern 
but we're not. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're ahead of the game again. <laughs> it's all from that Ayn Rand objectivism thing. Uh, you yeah, I knew that, that Ayn Rand was going to come into this. You get that with a lot of our libertarian politicians that all seem to have names like Ayn Rand. Rand Paul and Paul oh, right. Ryan and... <laughs> Ryan Rand, Paul, Paul Payne. It just keeps going on and on and on. But yeah, and the Koch brothers as well, libertarians, mm. the folks that are very much behind Fox News and yeah. Rupert Murdoch. Is he still around or did he finally die? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. That's how little I care. Yeah, Australian guy. Yeah, and what the surviving Koch brothers just came out apologizing for putting the divided the United States <laughs> by appealing to the very base instincts of the racists in our society. Uh, I'm sorry, but an apology isn't enough. No, it's not enough. That's what everybody said is, Oh, I'm sorry. I destroyed your country. Oh, well, yeah, that's kind of how that's, it came off. That's not how you fix that. You fix that by, mm-hmm. you know, taking that money and influence that you have and putting it to better use. Yeah. The, whole Ayn Rand objectivism thing is that you should care about yourself first Mm. that it's motivated self-interest and that should be your primary drive I feel like that's taking the whole secure your own mask Mm. first and then help those around you a bit bit too far well um, Ayn Rand she grew up in Soviet Russia Mm. she witnessed firsthand the extreme of the other side the Soviet state coming in to your manor home and dividing it up into apartments, for instance, or going in and rounding up intellectuals and <laughs> artists and, you know, things that didn't serve the state. That That's like the extreme of, you know, socialism and communism. Well, yeah. The, and the, unfortunately, that's the only thing mm-hmm. people think of mm-hmm. when you say those words. Yeah, you don't think of some place like finland or norway or belgium or, you know these places where socialism yeah. works because it's a democratic socialism yeah and it's meted out in a responsible manner exactly. it's not done in a totalitarian fashion exactly yes it's done in a democratic fashion so yeah there's variations of socialism it's not just one thing you couldn't prove it by most americans <laughs> so really ayn rand's whole thing is yeah, that it's it's okay to be selfish. It gives people this philosophical excuse to be selfish, to act in your own self-interest. And it looks down at things like altruism, for instance. Mm. And some of this Rand got from Nietzsche with the ubermensch, the will to power, and that morality is anything but moral, that you have to shake the bonds of traditional christian values in order to evolve to be you know the a greater human (laughs) yeah the funny thing is is that i don't think that christian values really came from christianity well a lot of it comes from plato Mm -hmm. it's something my sister discovered in studying religion she was like did you know this it's like yeah it's all pre-christian philosophy yeah a lot of stuff like the eternal soul that's plato that your soul pre-exists your being which the existentialist would say, nope, you have to exist before you can have essence. Your essence doesn't come before existence. Mm. It's impossible. You have to have a thing before the thing can be filled with something. 
Oh. Yeah. Well, it just reminds me of what Eddie Izzard says. I don't think religions are religions. I think that they're philosophies with some good ideas and some fucking <laughs> weird ones. Yeah, libertarians, they pull a lot of that Ayn Rand ideology, is that they look down at things like altruism and taxation, and they see any kind of handouts as being morally repugnant, and that it's all about serving yourself and bettering yourself. Part of this is the free market capitalism, is that the market's there for you to you know, make as much money as possible. <laughs> and there's these Facebook groups of all these libertarians and talking about you know their own personal paradise and how they would run a city. All this comes from Ayn Rand, too, with Atlas Rugged. And I forget the name of the city that all the wealthy industrialists move to. Guys, just play Bioshock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's basically Rapture, but it has some name, like, you know, I don't remember. You could probably look it up, but I could look it up, too. I'm curious. I didn't want to know the whole story. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> These weird questions. Why was Atlas Shrugged's band? Is Atlas Shrugged about socialism? Mm -hmm. What does it mean when someone says, who is John Galt? Who is the hero of Atlas Shrugged? I honestly can't see the name of the city. Yeah. Um, hmm. I know it's gotta be there. So I want to say, I've heard it mentioned recently, but maybe not. Ah, Galt's Gulch? Galt's Gulch. Okay, I've heard that referred to. Uh, it was a secluded Colorado Mountain Valley. As a secret enclave known as Galt's Gulch, a town secluded in the Colorado Mountain Valley based on Ore, Colorado. Okay, thank you for that. So I did read that recently. I just didn't acknowledge it. But yeah, it's similar to Rapture in Bioshock if you've ever played that game. Which like is, that's an underwater city. It's it's That is a crazy fucking game and mm -hmm. I love it. But yeah, a lot of that's based on the Ayn Rand philosophy of no regulation. Mm-hmm absolutely no regulation and companies can do whatever they want pretty much individuals can do whatever they want and you, this is actually you seeing it go to its natural conclusion mm -hmm. well yeah even when you first go into the city it talks about how there's you know man man with without shackles of yeah is is the man not entitled to the sweat of his brow mm -hmm. you know that that when you're in that first sphere and you're being taken down into yeah. rapture and you see that propaganda video uh -huh. basically film excuse yep. me because this does take place in like the 50s yeah it's all art nouveau style it's stuff gorgeous. which is about the time that yeah. ayn rand's writing she was writing at the time when that's what the fountainhead's all about skyscrapers mm -hmm. and during that era when people were just putting up these skyscrapers left and right it's about an architect john and rosalie what we say Babiers, 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 yeah. So they're in this Facebook group, and just kind of dawns on them that hey, uh, there's this city called Grafton. It's already kind of what we want. If we go there, we can probably create this libertarian paradise we want. And so they head over there, and already they're the outsiders. So mm -hmm. already. There's some friction between them and people who already live in the town, who already have these libertarian ideals, including one who had a mail-order bride business. Oh, dear God. Who uh, wanted to host 
bum fights where you just basically get itinerant people to beat each other up for your entertainment. Oh, Jesus. And was a proponent for consensual cannibalism. I'm sorry. Does the person being <laughs> eaten have to consent to be eaten? Is that what consensual yep. cannibalism is? <laughs> yep. Because unless you have the person being eaten give consent, it's not consensual. Yeah, that would be the consent of it is, yeah, you can eat my arm. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we're talking about that level of <laughs> deregulation and individual freedom. So already things are Horrifying? a bit off. And they're kind of... I mean, that should be a warning sign mm -hmm. when you first come to town and run into somebody like that. It's like, okay, this is the end of the road mm -hmm. that we're walking. Yep. But they, it's like Crazy Ralph in the Friday the 13th. Don't go up to Crystal Lake. You just count blood. They're going to die up there. <laughs> it's basically encountering that guy mm -hmm. and just going ahead and going to the cabin in the woods just the same. So... John, he tries to get his paradise started, running for mayor of the town and starting to control the budget. They cut, slash the budget a bunch. The garbage bins they use are get replaced with cheaper ones that aren't bear-proof. Oh, God. So that's one thing. Uh, potholes in the road mm -hmm. they aren't getting repaired. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of people with more money than they know what to do with there. And then there's super poor people who just want a chance. And so there's this weird wealth gap going on there. Mm -hmm. And there's, of course, lots of guns because that's another thing with libertarians is, you know, the Second Amendment rights that they have. Yeah, which is still misinterpreted to this day. Do you remember, I think this might have been something on The Daily Show, is these people that would harass the local sheriff and even the fire department and were filming it and putting it on YouTube. Just absolutely harassing the, I guess, first responders in the town. Mm. That's what they do as well. Ugh. They're just constantly harassing the sheriff and the fire department because, you know, they're representatives of, I guess... Order? <laughs> government oversight, basically. Mm -hmm. The things that they want to shake off the shackles of. And so they're doing that as well. So you can see how things are just already falling apart. These kind of experiments have been done before with some Caribbean islands where people have tried to go in there and do the libertarian paradise and they've all failed. Because it doesn't work. Because you need structure. And yes. there's an inverse of this too I see a lot on Twitter right now is the anarchists mm -hmm. who somehow think that you can remove structure and still have some kind of Structure. society <laughs> is that you're depending so hard on people being able to self-govern which just doesn't happen it doesn't it really doesn't that's why we have government mm -hmm. we cannot be trusted to do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do that's why there's lines painted in the road telling you where to go and mm -hmm. when you violate those lines there's accidents mm-hmm there's speed limits. There's noise ordinances. There's there's mask mandates. There's OSHA regulations at work to keep the employees safe. Mm -hmm. There's codes for how you build a building so they don't catch fire. And so these, that they can yeah. withstand natural disasters. Yeah, earthquakes and stuff. It's like these are important things. There's FDA regulations so the food you eat is safe for you. There's, I don't understand deregulation. Uh, I was talking to somebody about libertarians 
And it's like, because they think that people can self-govern and that logic will show them the way, it's like they throw out the rule book and then expect you to follow it. Mm-hmm. It's like the rule book's not there anymore. Nobody's going to follow that rule book. You've got rid of the rules. Mm-hmm. How do you expect them to self-govern if they don't know what that is? Yeah. So you remember how I was talking about the uh, trash bins mm-hmm. and that they are no longer bear-proof? Mm-hmm. Well, around this town, Grafton, is a pretty sizable black bear population. Oh, boy. Because of global warming, too, is uh, they're not hibernating as much as they used to. Yep. Because of there's no regulations, they're starting to push back with building out of the township into habitats that are supposedly supposed to be the bears' habitat. Mm. Uh And so they start wandering into town. Uh They start rummaging through all the garbage bins. There's some pet owners. Pretty much there's going to be some cat owners. In cat poop, there's this thing called, it's like a parasite, toxic plasmosis, I think it's called. Yes, that is right. That is in rats that then cats get, and they give it back to the rats. And it makes you more bold, and take more risks and chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why some cat owners can be a little crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have an outside cat, you know, that gets this toxic plasmosis. And so the bears start behaving in a more bold manner. <sighs> there are some girls. This is a little disturbing, but there's some girls outside playing with their kittens. Oh, dear. And the bears come by and whomp, whomp, no more kittens. Jesus. There's... A woman in her own home gets mauled by a bear. There's this guy, and there's a YouTube video of the news interview. And this guy has a big old scar across his face because he's out with his daughter on his front lawn, and this bear comes up, and this guy tries to make noise to chase the bear off and just gets swiped. Mm -hmm. So there's bears all over this town. And one lady, called the Donut Lady, has been feeding them. Oh, God. And looks at it as her God-given right to feed the bears if she wants to. And then you have other people with their guns going out into the bear dens and killing the bears, Mm. which is illegal. Mm -hmm. But they're doing it anyway because... Because liberty! Because lawlessness. That's what they have. They have a lawless town. Mm. It's like Deadwood here. (laughs) God... Help them. And this was in 2004, all this was happening. That's insanity. Liberty isn't free, guys. No. Yeah, it's just, I don't understand this idea that all rules are bad. You know, if you don't have taxes and mm-hmm. you don't have organization and structure, then who picks up the fucking garbage? Right. Oh, oh, yeah, it's just it, the bears. <laughs> yep. They The bears come in and have the garbage. And when you just remove laws, I mean, what applies anymore? Yeah. We can't be trusted to govern ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that that's been proven time mm-hmm. and time and time again. Yeah, there's this just idea that we're smart enough to self-govern. It's like, Mm-mm. no. No, we're not. That's why Ayn Rand's novels don't work. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it always makes me laugh when people who purport to be super Christian try to follow this philosophy i'm like you can't yeah because it directly contradicts christianity well ayn rand even says you can't be a christian and follow my philosophy Mm -hmm. that they're diametrically opposed because christianity asks you to be altruistic yeah it it tells you to care about your other human 
beings, you know, your neighbors. Yeah, that's what it means to be neighbors. Christ-like. Yeah. And that's what kills me about modern evangelicism. Evangelicalism. Evangelicism. Modern evangelical Christianity. How's yeah. that sound? There we go. Is that it's all about the prosperity Bible stuff. Mm-hmm. It's about God rewards money and things to the faithful. No. That is very much contrary. Um, look at all the anti-immigrant mm-hmm. ideals of evangelical Christianity mm-hmm. that goes against what Christ even said. Mm-hmm. Is that you welcome the immigrant as you would welcome me. Yeah. Uh, you Feed and clothe and house the sick and the poor as you would me. And you don't get that with evangelical Christianity. No, they seem to have forgotten that mm-hmm. part of the New Testament. Yep. When he says, if you have done this to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Yep. And they demonize Democrats and leftists for their views on open border immigration and we're all and just caring for people, the sick and God. the disabled and all these things. Yeah, so that's basically the story of Grafton. That is horrifying. Isn't it horrifying? It's much worse than I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much just worse. when you just take your weird ideals about minimum government, what results? Mm-hmm. Is that it's there for a reason. That Those structures are there over time because... We realized we needed them in place. Yeah. They're not there to keep you down and to prevent you from being greater. It's to give you the opportunity to be greater because you don't have to worry about bears wandering through your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole thing about with mass production and all these things that gave people leisure time where they could educate themselves. Yeah. Where they could pursue art and recreation and culture and how this revolutionized the world basically because you weren't in the field all day working just to go home and sleep and go back in the field and work all day it's like as soon as you had tractors and stuff like that it's like oh i suddenly have all this free time i can pursue and you know when you remove that and you have to use every waking moment to just maintain it's Mm. like you're going backwards and that's the problem with like atlas shrugged is there's no way it would work no because who's going to go with them Who's going to go with the other wealthy industrials? And how are they going to sustain a township all alone? They're going to have to have people there that make that town work. Yep. And they don't. And they're not going to do it themselves because they're wealthy industrialists. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to go out in the field and plant wheat? Nope. Sure not. Okay, so yeah, all of you rich, wealthy people are going off as, a, I can do all of this myself. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you get there and you don't have any parasites, in air quotes, to do the work for you. Well, look at what COVID has done with who we value mm-hmm. in society. Mm-hmm. It's first responders like our medical personnel. It's drivers who are delivering food or any kind of delivery service. People who deliver the mail or any kind of packaging at all in that respect. Mm-hmm. Grocery store workers. You know, all these people that were usually looked down upon because they weren't these investment bankers or whatever and yeah you know stockbrokers but you look at them and what have they really contributed yeah and these people who whom we value now Mm -hmm. are not getting paid what they're worth no they're not not even a little i mean at least give them hazard pay you know on top of everything else but you know they're still working for 
a lot of times minimum wage Mm -hmm. or they're working way too many hours with very little resources it's like having to makeshift your own ppe you know these nurses is ridiculous yeah they just don't value the people that are actually most essential in our society even though we have been slapped in the face with our own mortality Mm -hmm. and how ridiculously unprepared we were for a global pandemic it hasn't changed the people who need it yeah it hasn't they haven't seen the light now they're still in that bubble yeah yeah and until that virus comes in and ravages someone that they love they're never going to (sighs) get there and that's a horrible thing it is that's a horrible thing i do not want that to happen but those are the people who are not going to actually see the light under any other circumstance well it kills me the ones that that even get the virus recover and still Mm -hmm. behave in such a fashion but i think sometimes that might be something i don't know psychological even i I think you're right on that that a lot of folks might have some high-functioning sociopathy Mm -hmm. in which they just lack empathy they have no empathy for other people yeah And I seem to see that a lot. And that's even been said is that high-functioning sociopaths tend to rise very quickly in government and in, like, the private sector. Mm -hmm. That a lot of the chief executive officers of businesses will have this high-functioning sociopathy because they lack empathy and they have individual drive. It rewards that behavior. Mm. And same in certain instances instances with government especially the shamelessness is that even scandals and stuff and stuff like that can't stop them because they don't care yeah that's true (sighs) (laughs) so that's the story of Crafton, new hampshire yeah and uh if you would like to um you know experience that firsthand go to grafton i'm kidding (laughs) or play bioshock play bioshock really play bioshock bioshock is a great indication of where this goes yes this is bioshock is a very well written and constructed game Mm -hmm. that shows the real ultimate conclusion right of this philosophy yeah it takes it and turns it on its head Mm -hmm. it really looks hard at ayn rand's writing Mm -hmm. and goes okay what if this was actually put into practice what would happen i can tell you it's not good and then add a little science fiction flair to it like the little mutagens you can inject in your own body yeah plasmids so you can develop you know these superpowers basically and also that it takes place underwater yeah it's beautiful and also the whole thing here i think boiling it down to one sentence is just because you can do a thing it doesn't (laughs) automatically follow that you should do that thing and when it's been attempted before Mm -hmm. and failed over and over again over and over again there is no working example Mm. of this yeah not one it's like that's why we have government structures Mm -hmm. is that it's needed i just roll my eyes at the anarchists too that just think you can remove structure from a society and still have it work Mm -mm. it's like who's going to pave the roads who's society is a structure yeah who's going to handle health care or anything when you remove the structure it becomes 
like primal. It's going to be whoever's the biggest and strongest or the most cunning. I don't want to go back to that. No. I didn't ever have to live that, and I don't want to start now. Mm. Is that somehow everybody's just spiritually wise and will get along? There's no indication of that, so... Nope. Yeah. We are not that good. No. So there's a reason why we have the systems in place that we do. Yeah. And I'm the person that, you know, really wants to get to that Star Trek future. (laughs) There are a lot of us who, who want that, that we want to be in that place where there are no boundaries Mm -hmm. as to what you can accomplish if you apply yourself right and that people of vastly different backgrounds can come together work together Mm -hmm. and do wonderful things that's you know what we should aim for however that star trek future comes at a price yeah and that price in the Star Trek timeline was World War Three. Right, is the things that forced people to work together. Yeah, because that is the only way right now that I can see yep. this is actually going to come about, is if <laughs> there are so few of us left that it's there's no point in arguing anymore, and we have to work together to survive and not become extinct. I wish it wasn't that way, but the society that we live in now and always have lived in, that is the ultimate conclusion. Yeah, well, right now we're living through an experience that should bring people together and hasn't. It's oh, no, it's the divided opposite. them even further. Yep, the maskers and the non-maskers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a simple thing to wear a mask. Yep, and the science people and the science denier people. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, I actually kind of enjoy wearing a mask. I'm getting accustomed to it to a yeah. point where it's like, geez, I could get used to this. Just wear a mask everywhere. It depends on the mask because some masks have fit me too tight to where I'm Mm. sucking it in every time I breathe in. But I'm just used to it now. I just do it. Yeah, there's these ones that got through the AEW merch store where they have little filters in them too. Mm -hmm. So they're like a little extra protection. Cotton mask and inside's a little pouch where you can insert this kind of thick other cotton thingy. The filter. Yeah, the filter. And they're super comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I've got another one coming in the mail, so... Yes, you do. Which yeah. has shipped, by the way. Oh, nice. I could get the notification that it shipped today. Yeah, they're my favorite masks, and I enjoy them, and I like the extra protection. Yeah. So, bottom line, we have to work together yeah. in order to thrive. Yeah, and the rules are there for a reason. They're there for our protection. You don't sit down at a game of Monopoly and throw away the rule book and have a game. It's like, the rules are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because otherwise the game is unplayable. And the same is true of life. There's rules there. It's like on What the Future Holds when I said that I'm a progressive authoritarian. <laughs> it's like, where do you fit on this chart? You know, they put up the chart of, you know, whether you're authoritarian or you're left-leaning or right-leaning or if you're more anarchical. It's like, I've got to be a progressive authoritarian because I realize there has to be a structure in place and there has to be authority there has to be some way to enforce the rules there's got to be rules and a way to enforce them Mm -hmm. and you can do so in a benefactory manner in a benevolent manner or you could do so in a rather cruel and vindictive manner and i much prefer a benevolent dictator i think that's what they say the best form of government would be a benevolent dictator Mm -hmm. somebody who had absolute control but also really wanted to help people yeah and since that's practically an impossibility Mm -hmm. 
that we have to settle for other things. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I guess, my final word on the Freetown Grafton, New Hampshire experiment. What a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, isn't it, though? <laughs> I mean, especially when you have warning signs that early on. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is your ideology taken to the extreme and you're mm-hmm. still pursuing it. Yep. Because you don't like to pay taxes. Well, wah. I'm sorry. Taxes are rent for living in the country. That's what you're paying. People will whine about it, but you benefit from Mm -hmm. all of the taxes that are collected because, you know, the sidewalk in front of your house, the streets, uh, fire department, Mm -hmm. emergency services. Um, Schools. Schools. There are so many things Mm -hmm. that are paid for with taxes that... I'm sorry that you don't want to pay them, but you're benefiting from them, yeah. just like everybody else. Yep. So just bite the bullet and do it, yep. like the rest of us normal, level-headed people. <laughs> people do. Yeah. Agreed. This is a postscript to the Grafton story. It's the story of one John Connell, a factory worker turned pastor who sought tax-exempt status in Grafton, despite the people of the area already not recognizing taxes, so kind of a weird space. Anyhow, he purchased this uh, municipal building and converted it to a church. He wasn't paying for the heat, so of course the building got quite cold. And then in 2010, the church mysteriously caught fire, Probably unrelated, but John Babiras was fire chief at the time, and he and local police led the investigation. John Cownell, at 57, had died inside. How they haven't made a movie of the Grafton Freetown experiment? Maybe they have, but I'm surprised I hadn't heard of it. But it seems like a Will Ferrell comedy. Um, shoutouts? Shoutouts. Hey! My shoutout is to Cat... Also, Skeleton Keys with two S's at the start on Twitter. Fellow Skinny Puppy fan. Mm. Uh, We kind of discovered each other on Twitter and occasionally have little conversations. She recently posted this TikTok of some theater kid Mm -hmm. in the newsboy cap making faces. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the type of person I used to date. (laughs) (laughs) If you have any versions of this archetype, you know, please share them. And I found a gif of... From some, I think it might have been a sketch comedy show or something, but some guy in a newsboy cap saying, Mrs. O'Donoghue says that we can do rent this year. (laughs) (laughs) And he's doing it kind of in a creepy fashion, really close to uh, this lady. It was just a very funny scene. But yeah, I know that type. Mm -hmm. The suspenders and newsboy cap and kind of mugging, making faces. It's like, yeah, it's a theater kid. Yep. Theater kids. Theater kids. Oh, yeah. We've had our experience because we were in theater for a bit. We still kind of are with the improv. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, improv's different. Improv's more like a weird cult. Yes, that is true. (laughs) With its own weird rituals like zip, zap, zop. (laughs) And sorry, I'll explain off off camera. Uh, Not off camera. I'll explain something later. So my shout out is Jessie Gender, which is at Jessie Gender on Twitter. And she is a trans woman. And a big fat nerd, and she's oh, yeah. amazing and wonderful mm-hmm. and smart 
and cool and uh, and is watching Farscape for the first time is watching Farscape for the first time and that makes me super happy yeah we had her on Infinite Trek today talking about Star Trek Discovery because this season in Star Trek Discovery there are non-binary and transgender characters and uh, talked about some of the concerns mm-hmm. for how uh, said characters are being depicted at this time yep and I I do firmly feel that there is more to come. There are still yes. eight episodes to go, oh, yeah. and there is more to learn. But uh, it was a joy to have her on the mm-hmm. show. I just recommend that you check out her videos on YouTube, mm. because it might help you if you don't understand being transgender, or don't understand the viewpoint, don't understand why people are transgender, Guess what? It's because they're born that way. Yep. But it takes a long time. You know, it does. Everybody figures themselves out at different levels. Oh yeah. At different periods in their lives, and for her to have figured out, oh no, I'm actually a female, mm-hmm. and to actually be able to have those surgeries that cemented that for her, she has a lot of of experience and wisdom to share with the world. So I would suggest here. There's a good Christian fun podcast that was on the patreon part of it but they made public it's all about the trans experience and also i think other lgbtq thing but mostly at the trans experience of people in faith and how they wrestle with faith and Mm. how did they deconstruct their faith and still remain a christian Mm. or did they leave the church and important things like how harmful it is to be dead named Mm. And to have somebody finally accept your, you know, your real name, your, you know, your trans name and how affirming it is to go to an affirming church where they recognize you for who you are and call you by your chosen name. That's very important. And speaking about the complexity of gender, a lot of the binary folks, they believe that somehow it's science that there's boy girl. Nope. It's not true. Mm-mm. Even from a scientific perspective, it's not true because there's what hormones you're born with, mm-hmm. how your body produces those hormones, how your body responds to those hormones. That's all biological and it all determines how you see yourself in gender terms, mm. which in themselves are rather fluid. Yep. And I've been talking about lately that I'm, I'm gender critical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the he, she thing, it, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. And there's points where it might not apply at all if you happen to be non-binary and you don't really choose one gender or another or you vacillate between the two at any given level. You know, you might be a go by they, them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but you might. It's like if being gender critical might make me in some way non-binary too, is that I might not vacillate between, you know, I identify as a cis het white male but because i'm gender critical because i don't take too much stock in masculinity and i have feminine traits that i embrace is like does that make me non-binary too or not it's it's all kind of up in the air it's with, just with, it yeah. depends on how you feel about it yeah it's like am i non-binary or is that something more uh involved than in my case in which i'm just critical of of the whole gender thing Mm. so yeah but yeah jesse gender i'm gonna have to go onto twitter and see if i follow her or not and if i don't then i shall add her you should yes yeah she can go to 
huge list I have of growing members of the trans community that I follow, mm-hmm. <laughs> trans and non-binary, and uh, lots of l- lesbian Jews for some reason. Mm, I've got a those. lot of those in my uh, in my timeline. Indeed. Um, yeah, or Jewish lesbians is probably the better way of putting it. There you go. I don't know. I don't know which one would come first. Even trans lesbian Jew. So. Okay then. Yeah, triple threat. <laughs> it's like a hat trick, I guess. Uh, don't refer to it like that. What, a hat trick? <laughs> what, because of the hockey reference? I don't know. Oh, okay. It's hockey. Yeah. Hockey. 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 <laughs> hockey. What are hockey. you watching? Hockey. Hockey. Okay, that's annoying. It's like John Hodgman where he collects memorabilia from defunct hockey teams. Of course he does. Yep. Of course he does. I think his favorite are, I think, the Whalers. Wow. Yeah. Okay, then. It's his particular favorite one. Anyhow, we're just kind of waffling now, but it was a shorter episode anyway because we had so little in news and reviews and very political heavy episode too, but I'm fine with that. Uh I'm always criticizing libertarianism on Twitter. (laughs) It's like, why is every libertarian involved with Bitcoin? Just kind of crazy. Yeah. It's like the two are always linked Oh, this Katie's making noises next to me. Oh my goodness, he's so sleepy. I guess you could have a little bit of downtime before you record the live show, huh? Downtime? What's that? That's true. Unless you need to get ready again, but you don't. You already no, did I don't. that. I already look fabulous. Yeah. What are you talking about? So yeah, it's kind of nice to have a shorter episode so you're not here uh, talking with me all day long. I love talking with I, you I all day I love talking long. with you too. And if you want to hear us more, you can listen to What the Future Holds when we talk about Star Trek Discovery with our friend Chris Littlefield. Yes, you can find that on Sweet Media. Yeah. And go to hallsweetmedia.com slash what the future holds. Yeah, it's a very good show. And I say if that we even do with say it, so ourselves. With me not being on it. Well, let's say I, I enjoy recording it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy editing it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy listening back to it. Yep. So it's like three times I listen to our conversation and I still enjoy it. Indeed. I so, feel the same way. Yeah, it's a really good show and it's a different perspective because you come at this rather feminist perspective and then we have chris with you know the gay male perspective and Mm -hmm. then there's me with the way undervalued cis white male perspective (laughs) cis het white male perspective you never hear from those guys no especially with the star trek podcast never ever hear from from those guys no never Nah, i i come from it with a kind of a more literary and philosophical perspective just from which is very valuable to us my education so yeah. yeah, just bring that to the table mm-hmm. and weird references. I love it. Like how Tai Chi applies to Colber. That was an interesting, weird thing. Yes. <laughs> Which Chris brought up first. Indeed. I just kind of put a button on it. So, all right. Yeah, we'll leave you there. We don't have to waffle on much longer. Um, so enjoy the shorter episode and think go back to the tarot after this. Yeah. Yeah. Spend a minute. Okay. Talk about the Empress. Let's Try to catch that. up. Because, yeah, I'd like to do the whole tarot deck eventually. And we might as well just start doubling up on them. So Indeed. All right. We'll come back and talk about the Empress. So, laters. Okay, bye. You have been listening to the Dark Corner Podcast on darkcornerpodcast.com. I am at Dark Corner Cast on Twitter. Brandy is Brandywine12. Brandy with an I. We have both a Facebook page and group to join, both titled 
the Dark Corner Podcast. Contact us via darkcornerpodcast.com or email me at thedarkcornerpod at gmail.com. The dark track of the episode was offered for free or has been submitted by the artist or artist's representative. Other music is used for illustrative purposes and no infringement of copyright is intended. The opening song is Our Promise, the 2020 version by Studio X versus Simon Carter. The closing track is Goodbye by Nina Me. Want more of Brandy? You can see her on The Unready Room with Dan Gunther talking about the latest episode of Star Trek over YouTube on Kurtz Rats Productions, that is Star Trek Backwards, each Friday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. You can also see her on the Outpost 13 Twitch channel each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific, recording the general Star Trek discussion show, Infinite Trek, with her co-host Aaron Harvey. Infinite Trek is later released as an audio podcast. You can also hear her talk more Trek on the Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast, as well as Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast. You can hear Brandy and me with our friend Chris on the What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast on Hollow Sweet Media. Brandy also hosts her own solo podcast, Headcanon, right here on the darkcornerpodcast.com network. Our gratitude goes to Mr. Tom Elliott of the Twilight Zone podcast for kindly hosting our site. And thank you for listening and take care out there. The Department of Evil. The Dark Corner.